When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. All right, we are officially live. Great. Live with Joe Clark, founder and CEO of Get the Gallery. So excited to have you on. Uh, I've known you for, I guess, what, a little little over a year now? Probably. Yeah, it's it's been a little over a year. I think it was maybe uh, May of 2019, something yeah, like that, when I first reached out to you. That sounds about right, yeah. Um, and you approached me, you, I guess, I mean, I don't want to brag here, but I guess I was the first <laughs> artist you reached out to. You go right ahead and brag. Um, you totally deserve it. <laughs> there was yeah. no one else. No. Um, <laughs> no, Joe, uh, Joe reached out to me about Get the Gallery. What, what was the, how, first of all, maybe we should talk about what Get the Gallery is. Sure, sure. Um, and, and then we can uh, brag about you. That's great. And then I we can it. brag about me, right? Exactly. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so yeah, so Get the Gallery, um, what, what stages were you in at, at that point? Had you been planning it for, I know on the website it says it was kind of like in the back of your mind, kind of rummaging around for looked like almost like a decade or two. Yeah. But, a couple of decades. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, before, well, I, I guess I can tell you a little bit about the origin story. People tell me they think it's a great story and, and uh, it's not super long. And I think your listeners might uh, understand the business and kind of the mission behind the business. If, if I tell you kind of where the idea came from Please um, do. and I can kind of link that into uh, when we first connected too. Um, see, I don't even have to do anything. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I don't want to make it super easy on <laughs> you either. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go ahead. You, you've great. got the floor. Um, so, so basically this idea for Get the Gallery is, and we really are the, I wouldn't say we're the first art rental gallery out there because that, that's just not accurate, but we truly are the first subscription-based gallery uh, where people can go and subscribe to an affordable monthly fee and enjoy high-end gallery quality artwork in their home or in their mm -hmm. office. Um, so I always say, you know, think Rent the Runway, but with artwork, or think Spotify, but with artwork. Right. Um, and people are, you know, they immediately make the connection. And so where the idea came from is kind of cool. So when I was a young kid, I grew up in the Midwest, 
Indianapolis, and my parents belonged to the Indianapolis Art Museum. They were members of the museum. Right. Neither one of them were art collectors. I wouldn't even say, Preston, that they were art enthusiasts, but they they liked having a nice home for their for their two boys. They were busy professionals. Um, and so having this membership at the museum was great because one of the perks of being a member was the museum had this collection of artwork and sculpture that members could essentially borrow, kind of like a library book. Oh, wow. And so my parents, we constantly had this rotation of artwork and sculpture in the, in the house, um, you know, as, as part of this member membership program at the museum. And it obviously impacted me. I remember it. And that was so many years ago. I won't say right now on this podcast, but at least um, 14. Yeah, at least 14. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Probably take those two numbers and flip it around. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it was it was such a, a a fun experience for them being, you know, individuals who liked having a nice home but didn't know anything about art. And so that kind of gave me the the idea 20 years ago. So think 1999, 2000, and what was going on in the business world around that time was the dot com boom that I'm sure you know many of your listeners are <laughs> keenly familiar with. Oh yeah, and and uh, so. Uh, I thought back then, hey, what if that was a .com? That's how everything was referred to back then. What if that was a cool .com startup? And people could rent art uh, online, kind of like you know my parents did. Well, that's, that was a challenge back then because artists you know 20 years ago didn't want to have anything to do with selling art online they really didn't right. you know nobody was doing that and and artists thought you know this is something that people need to touch and and see and i totally understood that so i kind of it was kind of the, the equivalent of uh of like selling out as a band back then i don't want to put my art online exactly it was it yeah. very much was and nobody was doing it i mean you weren't even really buying clothes online back that's then. true yeah yeah, it was very early in the you know in the consumer experience of e-commerce and artwork, especially original artwork, is is you know it, it made complete sense to me what they were saying and um, right and so I, I tabled the idea. Uh, so that's kind of the the origin story. And wow, yeah, I mean the patience of that. I mean you could have kind of <laughs> fumbled around and tried to make it happen anyway, but that takes yeah. a lot of patience. Well, um, yeah, and I mean, I really wanted to do it. Uh, I just, you know, if you can't get art, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Um, and also, to get a website built 20 years ago uh, was not the same as it is today. It was, you know, $50,000 to get a website built, and you had to hire someone, uh, you know, to do it, and you had to have servers and, you know. There was no social media. There was no cloud. None of that existed. There was no Wix. Exactly. No Wix, no Squarespace, (laughs) none of that. Uh, And so just the constraints on, on the idea 20 years ago were insurmountable and, and, uh, but it's a different game today. It's a very different game today. And we're going to get into all this, but it's even kind of become on steroids recently. I think with COVID there's been such a huge shift to online, even, even galleries that weren't doing online before or artists that weren't doing online before. They're like, Oh shit, we gotta, we gotta catch we gotta up now. online. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of flooding the market, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, um, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah. So how did you get to Denver and uh, sub question, 
I'm assuming you probably, you seem like uh, you had the entrepreneurial spirit for quite a while. Did you start, did you do any other startups uh, in the meantime, in the interim? Yeah. So great questions. Um, not unlike a lot of people back in the, in the early nineties, I left college after college was, you know, finished up and, and um, I'm, went to Indiana University and and uh, my girlfriend at the time and I uh, she had a, a condo her family had a condo in Breckenridge so we were oh nice we were just trying to Breckenridge Colorado we were just trying to figure out okay where do we go we you know we're young and we've got you know a lot of free time and so we just did a road trip to her condo and it turned out that you know we just ended up moving here <laughs> to to oh, Colorado cool. Uh, and that was in 1993, and I've been here basically ever since, minus a few years in the early 2000s, um, living in in Los Angeles. And oh, so, I didn't know you were in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I lived uh, for almost five years, uh, 2000 to 2005, in um, Valencia, just okay. up to five a little yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, I was here. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did kind of the opposite. We have a little bit of a, a Denver connection because ah, okay. I was born in Denver. I was born in Littleton. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I spent a year there and then my parents got us out. We went over to Wyoming okay. and then I, you know, went Wyoming, Idaho, Washington, down to LA. And then that's where I stayed. But my, my best friend still lives in Denver. Um, I get back there some, from time to time. Ah, I love uh, it. I love Denver and it's kind of become this little tech boom. Area. It has. Yeah. It like, absolutely. You've has. got Evolve. You've got, I mean, I think Zoom is even based out of Denver, aren't they? Uh, hmm, I don't, they, they may have employees here. That's, yeah, that's that might likely be it. Yep. But then likely. like this other source, like I work with a gallery that we do these, um, calls, these art calls and we use cafe and they're based out of Denver. So it ah, seems yeah. like a lot of stuff is going on and, and with the art world in Denver, which is kind of exciting. Oh, hello. Yep. Oh, oh sorry. Lost, <laughs> oh, sorry. Lost like the last five words. Oh, okay. I said a lot of this stuff. I was like, maybe he doesn't care. No, um, <laughs> I'm no out. I said the, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in Denver recently and a lot of stuff that actually kind of connects with the art world, which is really exciting. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I couldn't agree more with, with all of that and kind of looping back to your, your question around, have I done other startups? Well, when you live in, in the Denver Boulder area, it's kind of hard to not get to, to get involved in the startup uh, world. And so right. I have, you know, 25 year career in, in business and it's, it's a pretty unusual career in that I've really that entire time I've straddled kind of one foot in the startup world and one foot in what I would call the f- corporate fortune 500 world okay. um, doing, you know, doing strategy work for upper middle market and, and large enterprise fortune 500 companies but also spending a ton of time advising uh, early stage startups here in the Denver Boulder area. And one thing I tell people, and, and it sounds like you might know this, but maybe your listeners don't, is the the Denver Boulder corridor is really second only to Silicon Valley in early stage venture backed activity. And That's what, what I was going to say. And, yeah. but, I mean, Austin's somewhere in there now, isn't it? Yeah, too? Austin is in there, and there's certainly some other up and coming, you know, cities. Nashville even is right. is um, up and coming. But uh, it is. You're absolutely right. It's it's a city for creativity, uh, and people love to live here. So you wind up getting talented, creative people who live here um, and don't require the New York City salary because the cost right. of living is low because everybody likes 300 days of sunshine and and uh, and the mountains. So it That's has a lot so of important. advantages. 
No, it's a great little combination of all those factors. I can see why things are kind of bubbling and happening over there. Yeah, for for me, I I'm excited about it. It makes me want to move back to Denver. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, hey, I love I'm, Los Angeles too, but it's, yes, it's very yeah. pricey. Well, it is pricey, and um, and I loved LA too. I did. I I spent so much time at the beach, and you know, we we don't have that here in Colorado. That that big body of water is non-existent. But you have uh, the Rocky Mountains. We do. We do have the, <laughs> we do have the Rockies. Well, if it may, if it changes your mind at all. Or puts any of that to rest. Uh, it was 109 degrees here yesterday. Ooh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that just like, made yeah. my eye twitch. Yeah, yeah. I know it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, my wife and I we've migrated up to the valley, so it's, it wasn't quite that hot in Los Angeles, but I think it was about 102. Still, uh, still pretty hot. But yeah. um, yes. But so so all this kind of was like a, I don't know. It seems like it all kind of came to a head at the right time, your experience with the Fortune 500 companies, your experience with doing other startups, and then waiting for two decades for kind of the internet to catch up, you know, exactly. to get yeah. this going. And it's like the perfect storm. Right. It, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I wouldn't give myself that much credit. I wasn't sitting around waiting like I was some kind of... Um, Oracle, and I knew the timing was eventually <laughs> going to be Joe, right. Come on, you're a mad genius. <laughs> yeah, um, that did not happen. But what, what was interesting about it, because you mentioned my my corporate experience, I happened to be. It was February of 2019, mm-hmm. and Jan- January or February, one of the two. And um, I had been traveling with a colleague of mine, who's now a close advisor and just a really good friend. He's helped helped build this business, um, you know, with his great mind all the way through here. But we were sitting; we had just done some some uh, sales training with a media company in Chicago, and uh, it was like I said, it was winter of 2019, and winter in in Chicago, you never know when you're going to get in and out of the airport, right? And exactly. So, we had a little bit of a layover at the O'Hare Airport, and we had some time to kill. And we were sitting in <laughs> we were sitting in the high end foodie option of Chili's in the uh, you know, ter- Terminal C of uh, Signed O'Hare. Out my first restaurant job. Oh, nice, excellent. Hey, mine not, was done again. Really. So very sorry, similar. Chili's. Oh, what? There you yeah. go. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> sorry, um, good. No, that's okay. Uh, so you know, we're sitting there a couple margaritas deep or whatever, and and um, just waiting for the the snow to clear enough to get out. And we had enough time to start talking about old kind of business ideas. And, and I'm a little bit older than him. And uh, he's, you know, millennial in his mid-30s. And, and I, I mentioned this idea to him that I had for kind of borrowing art. That's the way I was referring to it. And he got this look on his face and he said, wow, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And that was the first time, honestly, Preston, that I had thought about it as a business for a long time. And see, everybody uh, drinking has its benefits. Yeah, exactly. Well, it really does something for the creativity. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes. Yeah. It takes out all those blocks, right? <laughs> right. Should we have your listeners sign a, a liability waiver? <laughs> yeah. Before we well, I stopped, I stopped drinking a while ago. Everybody who listens to this knows that. But I, 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 I am very aware of the uh, release of inhibitions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was at least two margaritas in. Nice. Um, and so he just, you know, that kind of just got me thinking again. And that, you know, that spawned a series of of uh, actions on my end that happened really pretty quickly and, and led us to where we're at today. Oh, wow. See, yeah. it just took an elder millennial. My wife it is did. also an elder millennial. They yeah, kind of bridged it, the gap, it, he, right? He knew, he knew what he was talking about. 
Nice. So I credit I credit the idea with him. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. or to kind of reinvigorate you, I guess, right? It yes, it really did. And what's interesting about it is that there was enough motivation from his response for me to get really excited about it. And I thought about it the entire way home on the airplane. And I think I even bought the Wi-Fi on that United flight. And I was doing some research and, and uh, I got home that night. It must've been one o'clock in the morning or so. It was late. Mm -hmm. And the whole time on the flight, I thought, okay, I need to test this idea. And that's having, you know, 25 years of experience. You really, especially startup experience, you test ideas before you go all in on them. Yes, definitely. Uh, obviously, it makes it's logical, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, so although all the artists listening are going, uh, no, what is that? What's he talking we just about? Jumped. <laughs> <laughs> although I'm trying to, one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is shift people's focus a little bit, uh, artists at least, to a little bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit. Because nowadays, we definitely have to have a business mindset to be able to get ahead. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, I agree. I think at least a little bit. And, yes, a little bit. Um, and they're different worlds and they're different mindsets. Artists and, and the business world definitely um, are, are two different universes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. I'm um, like a half different person depending on what part of the day you talk to me. Got it. In the morning, I'm, I'm like an entrepreneur, a business person. And then midway through the day, I shift over to painter up in the studio. So I love it. Yeah, it, it's a hard switch to kind of get uh, get going and making it more fluid. But once you do it, it becomes kind of fun. Oh, that's uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, great. I'm sorry. I keep derailing you. No, that's okay. Um, it, you know, it, I was just saying that I, yeah, I think I got home at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And on the plane, I've, I've really thought about it and thought, okay, I'm going to test this idea. What's the easiest, cheapest way I can test this? And I thought Facebook ads. Right. So I got home and created a Facebook ad. Uh, and with the question in mind of, can I actually, I think this is a good idea. And my friend Casey thinks this is a good idea too. But do other people think it's, will, will other people engage with the idea and the message? So I created a, a very simple Facebook ad uh, just to see if people would engage with the ad, engage with the idea of renting or subscribing to artwork. And I was really focused on subscription rather than rental. And I think there's a distinction. But Preston, I put the worst Facebook ad up you could ever imagine because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I thought that was purposely just to see if the if the content was good enough. No. Or no, the idea was good enough. No, sir. I, oh, awesome. I have no clue what I'm doing. I know just enough to 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 post one. <laughs> well, I put it up, and uh, of course, you know anyone who's done Facebook ads knows there's a review process. So I waited till the next morning, and and sure enough, my ad was live. Well, by about noon that next day, I was getting clicks on that ad. Nice. And I think I had a twenty dollar a day budget or something. I mean, it's cheap. I just yeah. wanted to see if I could get someone to click on this on this ad, right? Because that would tell me something. And, and are you using so, the pixel to track this? No, are you are you kidding? I didn't even have a website or a brand or anything. <laughs> so so here's what happened next. People were clicking on the ad and I thought, well shoot, I better have somewhere for them to click through to. Right. Because right now they're clicking on the ad and it's just going to a 404, you know, error oh, no. page on the internet. You just lost a bunch of customers. Exactly. And that's okay because it cost me $20 to see if I could even get someone to click on the ad. Sure. 
and so once I realized that I could get people to click on what is literally the worst ad ever, because I don't know what I'm doing, I knew that I needed to answer the next question. And that is, okay, can I, can I get people to give me something of value in exchange for something around this idea of subscription art? So I built a landing page. Very, uh, I'm not good at that either. That's none of this is my skill set. Um, but I built a landing page so that when people clicked on the ad, it would take them to at least a page. Yeah, now, mind you, there was still no, no name to the company, no logo. It was just an enter your email address for a free month at of art subscription and be a VIP. So it was something like that, Preston. Okay. And by the end of the day, I was getting email addresses. Hmm. And I thought, wow, okay, this is, if I can get email addresses, I, that means yeah, for like anybody who's run a Facebook ad, uh, it's can be very difficult to get yep. email addresses. So yeah, it really can. It can. You're absolutely right. And I knew if I was getting email addresses, uh, without even having a website, uh, there was something there. And so that was really the, and not a slick polished ad no. as well. Oh, right. it was, it was rudimentary. It was literally just designed to test whether or not people liked the idea of mm -hmm. subscribing to original for original artwork, and um, that became the the driver of the business. Oh, that's awesome! So, how quickly did it start ramping up after that? So, uh, after that, I kind of spent another month or so uh, doing research, looking at what's happened in the last twenty years since the last time I did research on the art business. Uh, just reading everything, talking to as many people in my network as I could. And um, it was probably a couple of months after that where I had a logo and really rudimentary website and thought, well, I better start getting artists. Yeah. And uh, that led me to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I apologize. No, no, no. That's awesome. Thank, no, thanks for that. The, the genesis of that. That's great. Now I'm interested. Well, first of all, maybe we should say a little bit about Get the Gallery. So you do rent out artwork. It's all original artwork. You have different tiered plans, like the art enthusiast, um, art lover, art collector. These are the first one runs 17 a month. Second one's 29 a month, and the third one is 49 a 49. month. 49. Yep. Yeah. Stop me exactly. if I'm doing anything wrong here. No, you got it. And uh, basically, with those different tier levels, you can rent up to a certain value and up to a certain amount of art at the same, at the same time, correct? At the same time. That's exactly yeah. right. So yeah. that's great. And that's a really, I mean, $17 is a pretty good uh, gateway drug right there. It is. And that's the idea. So, so our mission is it's directly related to the, the origin story my childhood experience. And our mission is to change the way people live with art. Much the same way it did, it changed the way my family as a, as a young boy uh, lived with art. Yeah. Uh, and most people think uh, of art as, especially original art, either as an investment or it's, it's not something you, you hang it on the wall and it stays there, maybe forever. Right. right? Well, and uh, also for some people, it's unattainable. If, if, yes, exactly. And, and I can talk a lot more about that too, because that really fits in with the mission. But the idea is um, we want, we want to bring people off the sidelines who are not art collectors. And right. um, so our customer, that's going back to your question around the price point, um, our customer is not an art collector. They might not even be an art enthusiast, mm -hmm. 
but they place a premium on having a nice home and and home decor is important to them. So the so crossover in it, they're art curious. Art, yes, they might be art curious. They're at least <laughs> okay. art curious by the time they land on our website. Yeah, that's okay. for sure. Yes, our customer tends to buy their artwork from places like IKEA. Okay, uh, big box retailers, gotcha. mass produced prints and and reproductions of of art, mm-hmm. and that's because galleries are uh, the art world. Right, wrong, or not, the art world feels intimidating to a lot of people. Definitely. It's uh, it almost has an elitist feel, like a little bit. Yeah, the gallery. I know a lot of people. We've talked about this with other um, artists and and collectors. When they first started coming into galleries, they they didn't feel like they were in the right place. Like they didn't feel like they could approach the gallery owner. They could approach the artist. Um, and I think if if nothing else, the internet has done something to like bridge that gap to make it more accessible. And now you're taking yes. that a step further almost. Yeah. I mean, everything you, you said is, is exactly what, what my personal experience has been and what I've heard from so many others and, and what our research tells us too. Yeah. Uh, it's in, I, I, I often say it's very similar to the wine world where if you don't know yeah. much about wines, if you don't know the different grapes and the varietals and the different regions and things like that, uh, buying a really expensive good bottle of wine can feel a little bit intimidating too. Oh yeah. And uh, if you run into one person, if your first experience just happens to be uh-huh. one uppity person <laughs> and you're never coming yeah. back, you're never coming back. Like that's a bad experience. <laughs> yeah, no one, exactly. wants, to feel, no one trauma. wants to feel like an idiot. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And I just feel like that's, um, I, I wish that weren't the case because original artwork is so much better than the Ikea art piece that you have. And unless you, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir and stating the, yes. Um, I, I've, and, and I'm not an artist. I'm not a collector. I've never, uh, had much of an interest in art other than just, I find the world to be fascinating, the art world to be fascinating. And I wish I knew more about it. Right. Um, and so we want to. Well, we there are a lot give, of people who are in the art world for ten or twenty years and don't know anything about it either. So that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably feel, true. Yes. <laughs> that's probably true. Um, but we want to give we want to give those people a way to come off the sidelines and dip their toe in the water. Not to mix my metaphors, right. um, but we want to we want to make the art world approachable and accessible and inviting to them. And having a price point like $17, even though honestly, that's our least popular plan. Hardly anyone huh. signs up for the $17 plan. Interesting. Um, most people want the the mid or the higher end plan. Um, but we we've made it accessible enough and we've taken the risk away. So people feel comfortable trying out a piece and we, right, it's like almost just having it there is almost like a, a safety net. Exactly. Yep. And it's like I don't have to. I don't have to have the experience that of going into a gallery that I don't know much about and what's that experience going to be like. And dropping two, three, four, five thousand dollars, or even a thousand dollars on an original piece of artwork. Honestly, even five hundred dollars for someone who buys their artwork from places like IKEA. Mm-hmm. That's just not. That's not in the calculus. Yeah. And yeah. so, but I tell you what, when they have an option to spend $29 and bring some artwork into their home, 
and live with the pieces for a while, they are much more likely to never go back to mm-hmm. mass-produced artwork. Right. Uh, and they're much more likely to end up either purchasing that piece or purchasing another piece down the road. For and sure. So we love and, that. and for me, I was going to make some metaphors too. I was going to say it's, it is the gateway drug in that sense. And then also it's like the Trojan horse. You know, you, once you get it in there, then right. somebody sees the value in it and they, and they want to buy it. Not to be, it's not insidious. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, but I think no. people just get a chance to experience it firsthand. And then, yeah, they see the value in it. So thank That's you right. for, for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by the way, a little side note to the people listening. Um, I'm not only a podcast host, I'm also a member of Get the Gallery. So <laughs> I just had my first rental with you, uh, yes. what, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, yes, very did. exciting. Yeah. And uh, we just happened to have a piece on hand that you were holding on to in, in Denver, and then the collector wanted to go with that. Yeah. And uh, it's very exciting. So That's right. And she I'm loves it, by the way. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, she's super excited about it. She... Um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and she's just just so you know, uh, she has already purchased a uh, a piece from another another one of our artists that she rented the piece from for a while. So nice. uh, that's exciting. She is, I think, she's a classic example of. Um, I think I want to become a collector, and this right. was a this was a way for me to do it without all the things, all the negatives that we just talked about. Yes, and you know that person might be converted to a person who will now go into a gallery too, a physical yes. gallery, brick and mortar gallery, and, and have a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a vocabulary of how to speak about it. And that's it's right. an experience to draw from. So exactly. So that's awesome. Um, oh, so when you had the museum as a kid, I just, it struck me, I wanted to, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you when you were talking about it, but that's kind of a uh, ballsy for a museum to loan out their artwork. I mean, they must've had some pretty high insurance on that. That's, you know, I, it was, was a museum, this, right? Yeah, it was a museum. It was the Indianapolis Museum of Art, which okay. anyone who, um, who's ever been to Indianapolis and has visited that art museum uh, knows that it is an exceptional art museum. For, yeah. for a Midwestern city of that size, it is a, a robust experience. And uh, it was down in it, and I visited it recently, and it still is. And I was glad to, to, to see that. But I'm Are sure. Still I'm renting out stuff, though. I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Cause it, it changed me. And I, and you know, I, I don't look at competition as a bad thing. There's, there's, there's actually a lot of museums. There's a museum here in Denver that has an art rental program and, um, oh, nice. yep. And, and, uh, that, you know, it's kind of like people years ago, people didn't like Starbucks cause they thought it was killing the, the local coffee shop. And, and I understand that perspective, but truly what happened and really as, as a business perspective, all Starbucks did was greatly expand the number of people who drank coffee. That's so true. It's the right. And so any, any museum out there that is doing what we're doing is just expanding the, uh, you know, the, the possibilities for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and that's what I always look at. I used to kind of look at art sales the same way. Oh, if somebody else is selling, that's taking away from my ability to sell. Well, really it's doing the exact opposite. It's right. showing, first of all, that it's possible. Right. And, and there's so many people out there who want to buy art. Um, it's just, it's a switch to kind of an abundance mindset. So it sounds like you're, you also have that mindset when it comes to business, which is good. Yeah. I think that just a lot of that is just um, comes with the, with years of experience for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit. I don't like to talk. I call COVID the virus, which will not be named to kind yeah. of take some of the power away from it. But how have you been doing personally 
And um, secondly, how has the business been affected? Is it scaling well during the virus, which will not be named? Or are you having struggles? Yeah, or is it helping and, in a weird way? It, uh, well, it is. Uh, you know, and, and first of all, um, on a personal level, thanks for asking about that. Yeah, we're doing fine. Um, everybody is, is fine here. I've, uh, we had uh, one gentleman on our team, um, who a younger guy who's been helping us out with some some business development stuff for the last uh, month or so. Who who came down with it? And he's he's young, so he rebounded. But uh, he actually he actually had it. He had a, a couple of weeks bout right. with it, uh, and he's in his twenties. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and so um, you know that took him took him out of out of pocket for a while, and he's fine now. It's all good. But uh, but other than than that, um, we have been been lucky. But you know, and, and I mean this with all sincerity. From a get the gallery perspective, we have it's been fortunate for us. Um, yeah. It's an unfortunate thing in so many ways, and but for some businesses, it's been okay and and even been good. And we're one of those businesses, and so I'm I'm grateful for that. And and it we didn't come about it. Easily, uh, to be honest with you, Preston, when when this all came down back in March, we shut down yeah. for about three weeks, and because I didn't want any part of moving this virus around, right? And uh, and we do have touch with people when we when we deliver artwork or when we do a white glove installation, and we have you know someone from the team go in and actually professionally install into homes. There's contact there, and so we we shut all of that down. That's a great service, about, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And I, I can tell you more about that at some point. But yeah, um, the yeah, we shut it all down for about three weeks. And, Were you just and, kind of taking the temperature of what was going on in the city and the world? Or was it, did you actually see that it was directly affecting sales? Or were you just taking it as a precaution? We we shut it down as a precaution. Yeah. I, I just knew that this was, uh, what I thought was, we just don't know enough about this thing. Right. This thing is is traveling fast. It's you know it's apparently it's we new. still don't <laughs> exactly we still don't. And that's just in, insane oh, in my mind. But you know it, we so we just sort of hit pause for about three weeks, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me that I think we have a role to play. Yes, we're, we're all home right now, definitely, and, and stuck at home, and we could be stuck at home for a while, and. Why not help people if we can deliver artwork safely, uh, contact free? Why not help people inject a little beauty into their day, into their home? Definitely. And but also, so, it, it gives them a little bit of a respite. Like it's like, oh, okay, we're having something new coming in, something to look exactly. forward to, and also it's beautifying their place. Right. Definitely. Right. Yeah, you can elevate your space, and then it kind of took off from there. It, it was really. Like, hey, I, I'm working from home now and, and I do Zoom calls all the time and, and I want a cool piece of art behind me. So my colleagues all think I'm a, you know, some kind of art guru. Uh, so, right. so you know what I'm saying? So it, <laughs> it, it really, there were a number of different, from a marketing perspective, a number of different ways that uh, we were able to, to, to get the message out of, hey, your kids are home too. Get your kids around the computer and get them involved in selecting artwork for the house. That's, that's a good angle. That's fun too. Right. And in doing so, you perhaps open up the door for them to think about art and learn about art. And, and, and we've got some school programs that, that we have uh, as a result of that that are coming up, too. Uh, oh, that's fall. awesome. 
So at any rate, you know, it's like I said, it's a terrible, it is the, this is the worst time in, in our country that I can recall in my lifetime. This thing is just, it's, I think it's the third leading, leading cause of death. And I don't want to bring everybody down now. No, no, I know. But, but um, we're all just figuring this out. It's insane. And, you know, like we've lived through 9-11 and the housing market crisis and many wars. And yeah, it's just, it's very surreal. It's kind of one of those things that just takes away your hope at some point because you feel like, oh, we had a window of time, right? At the beginning. Right. And now it just seems like that window is just, well, however you want to look at it, closing or or getting wider. So we just don't know. We just don't know when it's going to end. I'm right. talking to people, we have a nutritionist friend, my wife and I, and she said, yeah, this could go on for two more years. Like, yeah. Two more years? I know, right? Uh, well, yeah. So we're not going to go into the political realm here, but right. unless of course you want to, it's pretty terrifying. And I know that the art world in general, I know that art sales have gone up. Online art sales have really just skyrocketed. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's going to plateau at some point. I do think that this is kind of the new model going forward. I mean, it will go back to some brick and mortar, but it's going to be at very least a hybrid moving forward. I wanted Agreed. to hear your thoughts on, um, well, you know, actually we're kind of at the cutoff time, but why don't we put a pin in that and then we'll come back. And I want to ask you your thoughts on, on the art world and where you think it's Sounds headed good. from here on. Sounds good. I'll look for the link. And we are back. Okay. Good Joe Clark. How are we doing? How was your break? It was good. Thank you. Much needed. Much needed break. <laughs> Me too. So we were talking, well, first of all, I thought it would be a good point to just say, because I know there's going to be some artists listening to this and going, well, okay, great. How do I get involved? Can I submit my work? I know you don't have kind of a, a standard submission form on the website right now, but the artists can email you, correct? They can email yes, from the website? They can. Um, if you if you go to the website, which is getthegallery.com, uh, there, there's a way to contact us through the site. But uh, you can anyone can email me directly, joe, at getthegallery.com as well. Uh, and I'll make sure that it, the submission um, gets passed along to Heather Prawl, who's our chief curator, and she handles all of the uh, the new artists and and um, and the curation of the gallery. Heather's great. Yeah, we had a conversation the other day for about. I was supposed to just talk to her for about thirty seconds, and we ended up talking for like a half an hour. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's so, amazing. She's also yeah, she an is. artist, correct? She is. She's yeah. a she's an exceptional artist. Yeah. Awesome. So a little quick side plug to Heather Heather Prawl, right? Heather Prawl. Yeah, check out her work. But um, awesome. So yeah, you can, if you're interested in, in getting your work up on the site, potentially, um, email Joe. And it's really cool. Thank you for giving out your personal email. Um, of course. I wonder if that's going to be something as you scale <laughs> will change. Hopefully, yes. that'll be a good problem to have, right? <laughs> that's that, that will be a good problem to have. And I don't know that I'll ever look at it as a problem. I'll figure it out. If I'm getting too many emails, I'll figure it out. Yes. Uh, but um, anyone, is, uh, anyone is welcome to reach out even as we scale. But, but to your point, we will be, you know, we're a startup. Uh, we're, we're growing rapidly and, and we're making investments in the technology and the the supply side of the of the business and mm-hmm. uh, and that means just making it easier for artists uh, to to get involved with us and, and also display their work. So we're working on a number of things in that uh, in that area. Right. We were talking a little bit um, off mic, and you were saying that you were kind of focusing right now a little bit on the front end, which makes complete sense from a business standpoint. But right. um, you'll be building the the back end a little bit uh, more right. in the future. Right. 
Okay, cool. Um, well, before we took the break, I was asking you kind of what your thoughts, if you agreed a little bit with me as far as the hybrid moving forward out of COVID or oops, the virus, which will not be named. Um, right. Are you, what do you think the art world, where do you think the art world's headed? And do you also see it as kind of like a, a barrage of online art marketplaces? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, that's, I haven't actually thought about it purely from the art world perspective. And that's, that's because we're, we're in many ways kind of the anti-gallery. Right. Uh, and so we, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on the, the customer and as well as our artist, and not so much time uh, on, on the art world itself and what, what the other art galleries are doing because we're, we're just so different. But, um, but do you think that might your, be a business model point, that people are going to start adopting? I, I, I do. I think they, they have to. I think every industry has to, you know, not to overuse the, the Wayne Gretzky cliche of you have to skate where the puck is going. Right. But it's true. And, and um, uh, I think art galleries are, are no exception right now. We have, there's opportunity in what's going on and, and brick and mortar galleries are, are going to have to find other ways to reach, uh, to reach customers and new customers as well. Not unlike so many other industries, especially retailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, yeah, I think I, and what you were talking about earlier with regards to, to innovation and, and things um, that have really accelerated because of the virus that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> it's um it, what it has done is it's, in many cases, it's accelerated consumer behaviors that were kind of already in place already. So look at Zoom as an example. Yes. The trend towards um, communication over, over the internet and over our phones and, and collaborating with other individuals and you know, workplace colleagues and teams, that was already in place and has been a trend for, you know, the virtual office has been a trend for, for a decade. Yeah. Um, and now it's just on steroids. Exactly. Years are, are just being accelerated and businesses have to respond. No, I completely agree. I think that the art world um, and galleries, especially, they almost felt like they didn't really fit in with that. Um, right. And now they're seeing that they kind of do and they can. I mean, we're doing virtual openings. Like I just had a virtual opening uh, BG gallery. And um, right. it's interesting, you know, I mean, it's it's not the same, but you get more of a chance to kind of hear from each individual artist, which is a plus. So I think, yeah, I think moving forward, it's definitely going to be a hybrid. It almost just, like you said, on steroids, it just amplified kind of trends that were already happening. Right. And I kind of hope that that also spills over into other areas, like, for example, climate change. You know, we kind of got we kind of got a little bit of a uh, view of, you know, how clear the air can be if we're not all (laughs) driving every day. Absolutely. Yes. And how much of a dent we can actually make. So hopefully it will also when the smoke uh, clears. Right. uh, No no pun intended. Right. um, Hopefully we'll kind of see the value in that moving forward as well. Yeah. Yep. I think you're right. So I like to talk to whoever I'm interviewing or having a conversation with about kind of failures and, and goals and things like that, because I actually see what you do uh, as being very similar to what an artist is trying to do to kind of get their work out there into the world. Do you have like a big, a biggest failure or a failure that you wouldn't mind talking about? Um, and if you do, uh, what did you learn from it? Yeah. So, um, 
I love that question. I guess I'll, I want to be sure I'm, I'm answering the question the way you're kind of asking. Do you mean, do you mean a failure that we've kind of had so far with Get the Gallery, something that tried, that we tried that didn't work? Or do you mean more in general or? It can be a, a failure with Get the Gallery, but um, I'm almost more uh, interested in like maybe a failure you had early on that kind of, that you learned from that almost propelled you into where you are now. Yeah. If, if possible. Yeah, well, you know, certainly, um, certainly, I've I've had a number of failures across <laughs> a, a twenty five year career, and anyone that that says otherwise with that many uh, years of experience is is fooling themselves. And yes, and, um, so you know, certainly, I've 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 been involved in startups and startup projects that just haven't worked. Um, and as, as a result, I mean, there's, there's one in particular that, uh, that I was in, involved in that I just learned so much from that has translated to get the gallery and, and that is your team. Uh, and mm-hmm. so not have, not having the right people around you, whether they're advisors, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to, to think in terms of the artists, you know, whether they're an advisor or the person who does your website, um, right there has to be an alignment there between what you, what you want and, uh, and the people around you. And you all have to be rowing the boat in the same direction. If not, that's, you're just gonna, you're going to be, <laughs> I was going to say pushing the rock up the hill. Uh, or but, rowing in circles. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Any other metaphor you and I can come up with, I think would be great. <laughs> the, the metaphor show. That's right. I love it. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's almost like, First of all, thank you for sharing that. I completely agree. Um, As an artist, you might not have the same conventional team around you. But for me, I think mindset is everything. And if you're surrounding yourself with people, whether that be family members, friends, or, you know, other artists, uh, gallery owners, and these people don't have your back or have kind of a negative attitude or mindset, that can derail you, Uh, especially artists, anybody really, but artists are so typically, um, stereotypically sensitive, that right. just having a little bit uh, of that around you can can damage you so much. So, Oh, I imagine it can. Oh, um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's because it's your work. It's so personal to you. Yeah, and you're basically burying your soul. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Yes. <laughs> so wow. when you get those little snide comments on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, oh, it's amazing yeah. how much those can actually damage wow. you. You can wow. have 10 amazing comments and then the one bad one will stick in your mind. And right. That's the one right. that keeps bouncing back when you're <clears throat> creating. But, um, right. but yeah, so just to further what you're saying, I, I completely agree with that. Having like-minded people or people who will just push you in the right direction yes. around you is, is very important. That's right. Okay. So on, on the flip side, where do you see Get the Gallery specifically? I know we talked about the art world, but where do you see Get the Gallery in the next uh, couple of years? Or do you have any kind of goals or things you're excited to roll out? Yeah, so uh, we do, and you know, we we started a year ago, and our official launch was the day after Thanksgiving, 2019. So we're technically eight months old as far as having a live website and and um, being an actual business that that takes money and delivers a product. Right. But um, but when when we were forming the idea in its in its early stages last summer and in kind of doing some pop up galleries live events around town, which I miss greatly, uh, just learning a lot. Um, we initially were were going to be a national brand. I mean, it's we don't have a brick and mortar location. Uh, it's an online gallery, and so why? 
constrain yourself to one geography when you can uh, have customers from you know coast to coast nationwide right um the challenge from our business perspective which i'm sure won't be a surprise to anyone listening who knows the art world is the shipping oh my god um, and that's and one thing we talked about early on yes we did i'm i've uh, i remember having that conversation and we just were i'm not a math guy but um but i can do math and I can right. do I can do enough <laughs> <laughs> I could do enough math to know that I could not make the economics work. Yeah. Um, with a twenty nine dollar average subscription monthly, you know, when you're shipping artwork, it's expensive, and that was a, that was something we just could not figure out how to overcome. So now, are you talking uh, nationally or internationally specifically? Nationally. Okay. Nationally, yeah. Even even just shipping, say from from LA to, to Boston or something like that. If it's a, you know, if it's a, a 40 by 40 piece or, a, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're it's getting expensive. into oversized and, and yeah, you're looking at two, $300 one direction. And it was so important for us to, um, to be able to offer our customers this ability to rotate art, which I don't know if we've talked much about, but you know, you pay 29 bucks a month and you can rotate the pieces out monthly. Right. right? So if you get them home and, and they're not quite what you thought they were online, then that's okay. We'll deliver another piece or two new pieces. And, and that's, that's, you know, the idea is to help connect the right artist to the right customer. But I'm also assuming um, that's where the costs kind of pile up too. That's where the cost piles up. Yeah. yeah. So you couldn't, you can't ship artwork uh and and make money at the at our price points and so right where i'm headed with this uh with this longer story is uh <laughs> we decided to go what we call local first so connecting local customers to local talent to local artists to local creators That's and smart. we, we kind of call it farm to table but with art yes and Beautiful. so, yeah. And so it's, it's the same idea that, that you see in farm to table and, and people love this, this idea of being connected to a maker or a creator or an artist in that lives in the neighborhood or is in their community in some way. And so, uh, we wound up kind of reshaping the business model to not include shipping, but include delivery. Um, so we started finding more local artists so that we could hand deliver the artwork to to the door of the customer, interesting, uh, and that made it much more palatable. So your question was, what are our goals going forward? Well, our goals are to be a national brand. Yes, and I've got so many so, questions. Yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> uh, so our goals are are to be a national brand still, but to build the the business model out here in the Denver region the front range region and, uh, and optimize the business model here and, and, uh, and then start expanding to, to cities across the country. We have a five-year plan for 10 cities. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Now will you have, okay. So first of all, that's, that's like the definition of scaling, right? You, you yes, start, exactly. you start small and then you build from there. That's, that's Otherwise exactly. you're getting too far ahead of yourself. Right. Um, but I think it reminds me of the story of the Airbnb people, how they would just go door to door and just, talk to people with a tablet and then they'd come in and and get you signed up right there. Now, obviously as you scale, you can't go. You know, exactly. As CEO, you can't go door to door. You but can't. those are problems yep. that, you know, those are good problems to have also. Now That's I right. was wondering, are you going to be doing like, are there going to be different cells in these city, like a, like a home base in each city, or are you going to have like your primary 
location still be Denver when you expand? Or do you not know yet? Yeah, so so we have kind of thought through that a little bit. And uh, the way we're looking at it now is there will be some kind of footprint in each of those cities. There has to be some kind of um, operating team that manages the logistical aspects of moving artwork around the area. Right, especially um, if you're going to do the home delivery also, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly, home delivery. Now, we still do, we have a number of members outside of Denver, and what's changed there is we we just require them to pay shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and oftentimes, they're okay with that. Um, but we ultimately don't feel like we can scale an art business or any e-commerce business and require people to, to pay shipping on a product. People are just not used to that anymore. They're used yeah. to free shipping. And that's, I mean, that's the challenge uh, with anything in the art world or online art marketplaces is shipping. Everybody's trying to go as close to to free as possible. Um, Right. And that that makes it more difficult for uh, people to make money, artists to make money, galleries to make money. But it's the reality we live in. And going, you know, off of what you said earlier, it's, it's all about the adaptation process, I think, moving forward. If you can't adapt to these changes, uh, at some point you might be left behind. Exactly. Um, it sounds like you guys have it planned out well. I think so. We'll, time will tell. Um, right. But we'll certainly, um, we're going to continue to learn along the way uh, and, and figure out. And that's one of the bonuses of, of this sort of local first approach is you learn a lot because the model, the business model can be basically you can copy and paste it. Across mm-hmm. across other cities, uh, once you've had a chance to optimize it, and just be careful about how you learn and and uh, and how you roll things out. That's exciting. So hmm, I'm wondering how, like, if, <laughs> if for example, you've got ten cities, right, and right. Then you have somebody in, let's just say, Texas, an artist who sells a piece, would they? I guess they would ship to the to the most local home base. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a great question. And that is something we're still not exactly sure how, how we're going to approach that. One of the things we've been talking about, just to give you a little behind the scenes, is when we onboard a new artist, having a sort of minimum requirement of 10 pieces, and uh, it could be more, but kind of a minimum around there. Yeah. And having those pieces, we, take, we basically take inventory of those pieces. Okay. So we will hold those in get the gallery stock, so to speak. And, uh, and if they get rented, we're able to, to then deliver them. There's a couple reasons for that. Number one, kind of what you were getting at is how do we, how do we deliver locally if we have an artist who's out of state or in a, in a different region mm-hmm. uh, and not have the shipping still be a thing? Uh, and then the other reason is controlling the experience that our customer has. So if we have possession of the artwork in inventory here at Get the Gallery and someone rents that piece or makes that as one of their selections, we know that we can get that to them typically within 24 hours. Right. And so it's like every, you know, it's another thing people are used to, the, the sort of prime same day delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you tell them it's going to be a week, uh, there's, they might still be okay with that, but there's a, there's definitely a barrier to that. Yes. Uh, so we kind of control the experience of how quickly and, and the, the reveal is also something that we enjoy. And what I mean by that, Preston, is when we take a piece to someone's door, uh, there is a, a moment there where the piece is first revealed that 
is we feel important when they first see it and it's kind of pulled out of the sleeve that we use to carry them in safely. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and they're like, oh, wow, it even looks better in person, you know, <laughs> and, and then that kind of experience for them. That, yeah, that's invaluable. And I wonder if you have a chance to kind of um, have the person who's delivering it take pictures and, and things like that when they're there, or, or do you kind of leave that up to the, uh, the collector? Yeah, we, so obviously we want, we want pictures uh, and, yeah. and uh, for anyone who follows us at get the gallery, by the way, um, on Instagram or Facebook, uh, you, you see, you know, we do post pictures of our, our customers uh, with the piece in their, in their living room or, you know, with them in it, uh, standing next to it. And we, we love getting those, you know, we obviously leave that up to the discretion of the customer if they want to be photographed but right. uh, a lot of them do lasted over social media yeah exactly right <laughs> like yeah i know it's midday and and uh you know you got kids and dogs barking and stuff but, uh, <laughs> but would you mind taking right. a uh, pick for us yeah that could oh, be a challenge no that's really cool well i wanted to ask you a couple quick questions uh kind of along the lines of uh, biggest failures for for you and i ask this of all the people that i have on that are artists or, or creatives um and like I said, entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit's very similar. So what do you do when you, um, when you're having some sort of a block, like what, what gets you going, what gets you in the right state of mind to kind of develop some of these, uh, out of the box ideas? Is there a go-to? I mean, it could be as simple as like a morning coffee or, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yep, I do. I do. And, and that seems like such a, I don't know if I'm, I'm not finding the word, but it seems like such a sort of benign question that isn't. It's yes. a great question. And um, for me, it's walking. Oh, yes. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I just, and if it's, if it's the dead of winter, just walking on a treadmill and throwing on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's, it's amazing what just a little bit of movement, body movement can do for creativity and for motivation and just just the right amount of physical stimulation that you need to just generate ideas and specifically um, walking specifically I know walking the, the best you know scientists creative people they've always talked about how invaluable walking was for them yes. developing ideas yep. ryan holiday i think has a book about it yeah um yeah and and in in to piggyback on that, if you can use the walking time to, to sort of stay in the present moment, which I think he talks about, yes, um, you know, and, and, and kind of free your mind a little bit, you'll be am- amazed uh, at, at the creativity. I can't understate this or uh, overstate this enough. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, the importance of just taking a minute out of your day, moving your body, walk around the block or, or further and uh, that is where the vast majority of my ideas have come from over the years. There's no that's doubt. So good to hear you say that as a kind of non-artist too, because that's that's exactly what I do. I just had a I just had an episode about breathing. I do meditation and kind of interval breathing, and that's something that really it, what it does is it kind of allows you to get out of your own way. Right. You don't. Right. You're not overthinking it. You know. You don't have the inner critic telling you what you what you think, which sometimes is very loaded. Um, and when I just right. get out of my own way, and I've gotten better yes. at that, it just flows so much more easily. And of uh, course. So I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear you say it, but I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, awesome. That's the tip from the cheap seats. <laughs> the cheap seats. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the box seats, Joe, come on. Yes, the box seats. <laughs> um, and then one more kind of in the same vein. 
what would you tell young Joe looking back? You're just getting started, you know, maybe you just out of college before you and your girlfriend moved to Colorado. Any advice looking back, something you've learned over the years, uh, kind of launching into this uh, career path? Yeah, that's a that's such a great question too. And I would tell young Joe, don't underestimate yourself. Mm. Be confident. And, yes. and confidence doesn't mean you know everything and you have all the answers. Just be confident internally with yourself, basically. And, and so don't underestimate yourself. Uh, don't undersell yourself. Um, that's what I would tell the young Joe. You know, That's, roll your roll your shoulders back and and um, go out and 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 do your thing. Do you? Yes, I love it. It's almost like we have this, um, especially nowadays, where you're seeing so many things online and everybody's posting their lives and things kind of seem so pre-planned. It's like I think people, I don't know, they kind of are their worst enemies as far as I need to have the right answer. I need to have the right mindset going into right. this, but trusting that you can actually trusting yourself in the moment that you will come up with the right answer or that you will figure it out <laughs> or adapt right. in the moment. That's almost, right. I think that's kind of the confidence you're, you're speaking yeah, that's, of, right? That's, exa- that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm not talking about the fake kind. I'm right, talking right, about right. exactly what you just mentioned. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's well, and then it goes along with being present as well. I found that the more often I'm able to kind of cultivate presence in my life, the more genuine and rooted my response is. Absolutely. So um, 100%. That's great to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I know you just did this, but where can people find, uh, get the gallery online? It's just get the gallery everywhere, right? Yeah. It's get the gallery everywhere. It's at get the gallery on Instagram and Facebook and get the gallery.com online. And, um, you know, eventually we're going to have an app, uh, iPhone, Oh, nice. Uh, Android app, uh, that, um, that we're working on. So those are some things, you know, coming, coming down the pipe, so to speak. Yeah, but that's where they can find out about us now today. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's fun to see you guys growing too, growing exponentially. Yes, thank you. Well, it's, you know, I can't say enough about the importance of the conversation you and I had over a year ago, the very first conversation, because my first experience 20 years ago with this was artists were just not going to be interested. And right you were skeptical and rightly so. And you asked many great questions and things I hadn't thought of, but what I sensed from you um, and, and I subsequently have seen in, in other artists is at least a curiosity in being online and what it can do and, yes. um, and the willingness. And so thank you, Preston. You, I, I, if you would have said, dude, there's no way any artist is going to want to rent their artwork and no way it's going to, you know, they're going to want to do it online. I don't know <laughs> if I'd have made another phone call. So thank you. Oh man. Well, you have me to thank or blame. Exactly. <laughs> no, actually you got to go exactly. back to the, to the friend, the elder millennial in the yeah, bar. That's right. If, right. if he had reacted completely, you know, uh, uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe, yeah, maybe like, you wouldn't have ever done this. You know, it's I hadn't even thought of that, but what if his phone would have rang right then? Or <laughs> you know, so many things. <laughs> Hang on, waitress. I'm getting a text. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I didn't really hear that idea. And we, I would have just kept talking. He may not have, you know, fully comprehended or whatever. And and uh, wow, that's that's a pretty compelling thought I hadn't thought of before. The power of the moment, right? No kidding. No kidding. Uh, you know what? I just thought of one last question uh, I meant to yeah. ask you earlier. Um, well, and, and also, and I don't, I don't want to sidetrack you too, but... I, I did want 
I did. Yeah, I do too all the time. I like <laughs> squirrel. Um, but one thing we haven't talked about that might be important is when artists look at our pricing, they oftentimes wonder, how do I make any money? Right. They kind of freak out. So we can talk about that too. I'll leave that up to you, but, or, or, you know, another episode at another point, but. Um, no, well. let's do that actually. Um, but, and this kind of might be a good segue. I was interested in, um, if there was kind of, it was kind of serendipitous a little bit that you had this whole idea to kind of keep it local. I think it was maybe before COVID hit or during because yeah, shipping has become such a problem right now, uh, even nationally. So it was almost like, had you tried to scale out earlier and, and do national shipping, free shipping, that could have been a major problem for you guys. It would have, we, we would not have made money. Yeah. It would not have made sense. Uh, we would have had to raise our prices to do it. And I think that, or not, we either would have had to raise our prices or greatly limited the rotation. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I mean by the rotation, for those of you listening, is, again, our customers can rotate their selections out um, until they find the pieces that they, the art pieces that they love that really speak to them. We would have had to greatly limit that because every time we, a a customer rotates, there's shipping involved. And so, you know, raising the prices and and limiting that would have been two things I really didn't want to do. And also the slowing down of the postal service recently. Oh, absolutely. Mm Yeah. 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 So uh, actually, I'm not sure if you're using, if you had been using FedEx or UPS or or the Postal Service, but I know the Postal Service for an independent artist is typically cheaper and it has drastically slowed down. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That's, that's not good. Well, this also takes us into the political realm, so I'll cut it short, but, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, uh, it definitely has slowed down, but I'm, I think there might be a light at the end of the tunnel. So. Well, good, good. And then, I wanted to give you a chance to to talk about, yeah, what you're saying. I think that is very important. Um, artists who might be interested in submitting might think, how, how am I going to make any money at this? Yeah. And it's, it's a really great question. Uh, we obviously get that question with every single artist that we talk to. Right. Uh, and I know you and I talked about it. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the truth of the matter is, I'm very transparent about these conversations. The truth of the matter is, for 29 bucks, you're obviously doing the math. That's not a lot every month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's about 10 bucks a month right. uh, for the artist because you might be, because with the $29 plan, there's typically two artists involved because the customer gets to pick two pieces for their $29. Right. So if you're doing the math on that, we take a third and the other two artists also get a third each. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's roughly 10 bucks. Um, yeah, and it might be a thousand dollar piece of art. So it's like, wow. 10 bucks a month. And that's true. It's not, it's not a lot of money uh, right out of the gate. But what we encourage our artists to think about is not just the $10. Yeah. $10 doesn't sound good, but artwork doesn't actually get rotated very often. Yes. And so it's likely that that art piece is going to hang on their wall for at least six or 10 months, maybe even longer than that. And, um, so if you look at the lifetime value of that customer who has your art piece, you might make a hundred bucks on it for a work of art that may have been sitting in your studio. Um, we've connected gathering you to a, dust. gathering some dust and we've now just connected you to a possible customer that you probably would have never been connected to before. Definitely. And you're at least making a little bit of, of uh, passive income off of that 
artwork that you have. And I'll tell you, we do have several artists who are are now, you know, who have quite a bit of, of artwork that's been popular lately, who are making 50, 60 bucks a month. Uh, and one who's making $100 a month in, in artwork that has been rented. And so as time goes on and, and our artists add more pieces and they get rented more, we're going to have a lot of artists who are making, you know, 100 bucks a month on artwork that, again, may have been sitting in their studio. And just to add on to that, Preston, because this is an important point, we don't require any exclusivity. Mm-hmm. That so, is important. Yeah. That was so, one of my questions. Yeah. 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 You can, we, at the end of the day, we want you guys selling your artwork and, and getting it into the hands of customers like an Ikea customer who they would have, who would have never been connected to them previously. So if we made it exclusive to get the gallery, that would limit your ability to do that. And that just didn't jibe with our, our mission. Yeah. And so, so well, you can, can I keep, jump on there too? Oh, please. Yeah, please so, do. And because I'm always telling people play the long game and it's, it's kind of similar here in that, okay, yeah, 10 bucks a month. is not a lot, but let's say you're renting out five or six or even 10 pieces, maybe you get up to a hundred, yep. hundred plus per month. You're also exponentially increasing your chances of selling to one of those collectors. Yes. People can actually Absolutely. purchase one of those pieces. So you got 10 out there's a pretty good chance that maybe one of those is yeah. going to get purchased too. It's, it's, it's a much better chance than not doing it. Right. And since we don't require you to remove that art piece from any other place, whether it's art finder or Saatchi art or lo- the local gallery, mm-hmm. you know, the local online gallery, then, um, then it's, it's a win for you because you can keep marketing in every channel possible and it's, it can be in our gallery. Now the one caveat to that is once it's rented, we don't want to go back to the customer and say, oh, you know, Preston just sold this piece, so I'm here to take it off your wall. Yeah, exactly. A couple <laughs> so, guys show up at your door. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, sorry, we're re- We're going to re- need that re-towing. artwork back. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we, that's, not, that's not a cool experience at all. No, no. Uh, for anyone. But Well, that makes sense, too. I don't think any artist would have a problem with that. If it's rented out, obviously, you permanent, I mean, not permanently, you temporarily take it down. Take it, exactly. Yeah, take and it down. When, when it cycles back out, then you can put it back up. Yeah. And put it back on on get the gallery and anywhere else you want to see if you can move that artwork. Yeah. And then the last piece I'll add to that because this is something I encourage artists to think about too is the math. It always comes back to math for some reason, even in the art world. <laughs> um, you know, you might have think of it in terms of you might have an art piece that the retail price of that art piece is a thousand dollars, and if it's hanging in the gallery in your city. They typically take a 50% commission or sometimes, yeah. you know, some, you might get 60, something like that, right? Isn't that pretty typical? Anymore, it's, it's pretty much 50-50, yeah. 50-50, yeah. So, so you are going to make $500 on that piece, right? Yes. You actually, with Get the Gallery, that, may, that piece that, that maybe you just sold and made the $500 on, you may have rented that for a while previously mm-hmm. and made six months of $10. You may, you may have made 60 bucks or a hundred bucks on renting it, gotten the piece back and sold it. So yeah, you like now you sold made, it with interest. You sold it with interest. And yeah. I don't know if there's another gallery opportunity out there for artists where they can actually make more than their retail price. Yeah, I don't think so. So that's the, that's, the I mean, bonus. the only thing I can think of is, you know, making original prints of that piece, but that's a whole different animal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
That's cool. No, that's great. I think it's definitely worthwhile. These are all things that I was I was thinking about when I first talked to you. I was yeah. like, ah, it doesn't seem like I make money. But then if you're playing the long game a little bit and you're thinking about the possibilities, it does make sense. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for reminding me of that because um, I'm sure that would have been the biggest question that artists <laughs> came, came out with after yeah. hearing this. So. And I only know that from experience. So Yes. No, thank you for bringing that in. Um, well, I'm going to just leave this open to you. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we kind of wrap up? I don't think so. This has just been a real, a real blast. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. And, uh, you know, I'll come back anytime as we grow. We'll have additional stories and things that we've learned. But, um, yeah, yes. thank you. Thank you again. Once you hit 10 cities, I'll have you back on. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Joe. All right, Preston. Have a great one. You too. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.